From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Let's just do podcasting. Podding, that's what they say. Podding? Wow, that's cool. That's what they be saying now, man. We're podding. Yeah, podding. What does podding mean? Just doing podcasting, that's all. Podcast has become so vogue <laughs> that I kind of want to quit. <laughs> I know, we're trendy, and we don't like being trendy. Right. Let's keep going. We've joined the podcast beer like everyone else, but we have something to say. Do we, Stephanie? <laughs> I hope. Welcome back to the Stoop Sessions. My <laughs> name is Joel Kurz. I'm Stephanie Greer. I'm Eric Hugh. And uh, it was recently Muggsy Boke's birthday. I can't say it. Happy birthday, Muggsy. All right. When was yep. his birthday? I don't know. I just saw him post something. <laughs> I no. saw him post. I think it was his birthday. He posted something on social media, and I thought, man, we should give him a shout out on the Stoop Sessions. Seriously, he really should visit us 50s? on the Stoop Sessions. He's got to be in his 50s. I bring him up often. I don't say his name each time, but I always tell little Sevy, mm-hmm. um, I know you're on the short side, mm. but you can still play ball. Because he's Sevy? loving like 20 months, but he's loving playing ball he right does. now. It's yep, just his right. thing is hoops. Yeah. He's like, where he wakes up in the morning, he's like, where's my hoops? So I'm like, you can do this. <laughs> yeah. Over football, I hope. That is true. Yeah, hashtag CT, right? <laughs> All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're on the stoop. We're potting. We're participating potting, in a podcast. That's right. We're potting. Oh, well, on this pod, um, we're going to talk about evangelism. Uh Let's just assume that we've got uh, somebody who says, hey, I love Jesus, and I want to be better at personal evangelism. I want to share the gospel with people. However, uh, the lost people, the non-Christians that I do know, you know, I've talked to them about the gospel. I've invited them to church. They're not really interested. I'm not sure if I should kind of keep beating that dead horse. Um or uh, if I should just move on. I don't know a lot of lost people. I don't know where to connect with non-Christians. I don't know how to meet new people. My life is pretty busy. Uh, and then when I do meet with somebody, I'm not sure if I'm saying the right stuff. I don't know. You know, As, as a matter of fact, maybe this person has never led somebody to Jesus mm. in their life. You know, they've never, I feel like they've never really effectively shared the gospel with somebody and helped somebody become a Christian. And so what does it look like to, you know, or what do we, what do we say? What are we sharing when we share the gospel? And then how do we help somebody actually, you know, come to Christ and have assurance of their salvation? First, praise God for... I was just about to say that stuff. Let me let you... I know what she's about to you say. You say it. Because I know you You say it. Praise God for our strong praise man. Praise God. <laughs> I know. Uh, ADHD side note, as communion was happening this Sunday, you know, uh, Elder Eric passed by and he said, this makes a man happy. Mm. And I was like, it does. But what were you going to say? Were you serving the Lord's Supper? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we do. Do you say that with every uh, aisle that you serve? This makes a man happy. No, I just seen stuff. And I needed it. In that moment, it was a rough rough working of my heart. So I needed to be reminded that the gospel makes that we can can take communion joyfully. So I'll just say the elder came through at the right time. Mm. It's good. Need the reminder. But yeah, what were you going to say? I cut you off. And I feel like you was going to say the same thing. All right, let's see. Let's but, see. Um, 
No, praise God that somebody actually wants to share their yeah. faith. Was you going to say something like that? That's it. Yeah. No, I was thinking see, like that's the, a, the like, same like, That's thing. a godly desire. We wouldn't have had that as dead people. That's right. And it's something, it's something that, you know, the Bible calls us to do, mm. is to share our faith. So, listener, do you want to share your faith? That's right. That's the first question. And if they say yes, you're saying praise God. Yeah. That's right. That's we awesome. We can't stop there, but praise yeah. God. Yeah. Like you, you, you desire to share. That's a fruit. I mean, I think it is a, a sign of your actual desire and commitment yeah. to the Lord. So. Well, and we've been going through Romans as a church, and mm-hmm. uh, recently I've been working through Romans 9, Romans 10. And, uh, you know, a little side note, but um, Romans 9 is famous chapter on election. And uh, what, I think it's easy, what I think is easy to miss is that Romans 9 on election culminates in what I think is one of the greatest chapters on evangelism mm-hmm. in Romans 10. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, folks that think of, uh, the doctrine of election keeps us from personal evangelism. Well, it didn't keep Paul from personal evangelism. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it fueled his desire for personal evangelism. So after he talks about the election of God and the way that God saves through his sovereignty in Romans 10 1 he says my desire for them my heart's my heart for them and my prayer for them is that they might be saved mm. yeah and then you know as by the time we get halfway through the chapter he says how beautiful are the feet of those yeah. who are going to go to my brothers yeah. and yeah. preach the good news yeah, of Christ good news. so yeah the desire is good the desire is right and then also uh I think the next step that we're asking is, is how do we get that desire to turn into feet? Yeah. You know, how can we have beautiful feet, so to speak, and yeah. preach the good news? Like we actually have to have eyes to see people. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to get caught up in just your everyday routine and not just like see the people that are around you. Yeah. Like God places certain people like in your path every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, just the business of life and, you know, just you might be going through something or whatever and something is obstructing your view and, like, you're just not seeing the opportunities that's there, that's around you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, it's been, like, some yeah. opportunities that maybe God has opened your eyes to see. Because I think even hearing that sounds like, okay, God, I'm going to pray for eyes. But maybe someone doesn't even know the value of, like, oh, I can actually evangelize to my neighbor. Or, like, so, yeah. so for you guys personally. What has it been like to, what What has the Lord opened your eyes to see? Simple ways of who to evangelize to and how. Yeah. So over the years, um, I remember when we first moved on, uh, on Druid Hill, which was four years ago. Um, just like times where I would just like take out the trash and I would just always like meet my neighbor in the backyard mm. every time I would take out. And just like seeing him and just having them opportunities to talk mm-hmm. to him. Over time, I kind of like just took advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Because it wasn't coincidence that, oh, wow, every time I'm seeing him in pass, like we just always seeing each other in passing. Matthew nine thirty six, Jesus saw the crowds. That's the first thing it says. Mm-hmm. And then it says he was moved on uh, with compassion for them uh, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. And so that's good, Eric, to see is, I mean, we, we, we can't be moved with compassion. Yeah without first seeing. What about you, Steph? It's prayer for priority. Uh, I don't put a lot of margin in my life. I'm usually running somewhere late. (laughs) But 
Um, I've been recently convicted by Romans 12 where it talks about being fervent in prayer. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing is I do have to pray for eyes to see like Eric. And then um, it's not it's not eyes to see new opportunities, but really the opportunities I haven't really wanted to take. So some things or maybe not even wanted to take, but can see. So for us, having a young kid is an entryway for us. Um, So that's intentionally spending time even in the winter, like taking our time to get to the car. Or um, strategically taking our time to like see the neighbor and yeah. walking over there when they're waving at my kid instead of just letting that wave be like, how are you today? So we have one neighbor that, that uh, he is in our backyard kind of area and um, I only go out there when I can't find parking and at first I used to be like, oh, I have to park here. Um, but uh, he would wave to us and that's how we would end the conversation. He'd always be reading something, yeah. thick old books and so now when he waves to us, we actually, Sebi and I will walk over there and say, what are you reading? Mm-hmm. Like uh, engaging in the opportunities that have always been there. He's yeah. like always outside catching a fresh air. Like he's pretty consistent at yeah. it. So I think that's one thing that we've done is who's outside mm-hmm. and how do we look for opportunities to do more than the neighbor wave? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a neighbor who I was uh, walking toward our office here. And uh, walked past his house. He was not on his stoop. I kept walking. And then pretty soon I hear his voice. And he's like, hey, Joel, what's up? And so I turn around. And, um, and I had a bunch of things to do. And he was yeah. like, you still want to uh, go for that walk? Because I'd ask him if, if he wants to go for a walk oh, at some man. point and catch yeah. up. You're like, uh, and, I was, I, and at first I said, I, I thought to myself, no. <laughs> and then I thought, wait a second. Uh, this is an opportunity. You know, That's right. So to to see the opportunities that God puts right in front of us, and to re- to value people over our to do list, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to just linger with somebody yeah, and take, take that, that the time, value. yeah. And I spent about an hour with him that day, and ended up working later and didn't get some things done, but it was worth it. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's just easy things. So taking out the trash—that's huge. Honestly, yeah. I'll apply that. I rarely try to take out the trash, <laughs> but I've been trying to serve my husband more and saying, yeah. this is not a gender task. Right. So here we are. Let me take the trash How out. How about that? It's not. And, um, Did you tell my wife? No, nah, that's not <laughs> my business. She still thinks only men can take it's the trash It's not my out. business, man. I, th- I think another uh, aspect of, on seeing people is is seeing opportunities that we have yet to take. That's well. right. You know, like. Because I think the challenge is is that we've got a very fairly small circle of people that we actually do know. That's right. And we can think, well, man, I've exhausted all of the, my oppor- uh, options, and I've shared the gospel with people, or I've tried to. They're just not interested. Well, they might be. Let's talk about that in a little bit. But, but I think one thing that we got to recognize is that there are many people in your neighborhood that you haven't met yet. Exactly. You know, there are people that you work with at your job or within you know that world that you work in that you haven't met yet. And so there's just, there, there are so many opportunities that we have uh, before us. Yeah. So how might we individually try to meet new people? Like what, what does that look like to extend ourselves in ways to broaden our network, to be able to have more impact with the people around us? So we're in a dense place being in the city. So it's a little bit more, yeah. I think, of an advantage in some ways. Uh, so like my esthetician, right? My eyebrow lady, she's got a, an in-home business, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like uh, such a sweet thing to say. I'm not actually going to go to a fancy salon, but I'm going to, mm-hmm. her fa- her salon is fancy. 
I'm not going to shout her name out. <laughs> but I'm not going to some, um, I'm going to try to use services in my neighborhood as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as possible. Again, this isn't like yeah. a law, but it's like I could go somewhere else, but I'm actually going to go here because this gives me a monthly touch base with mm-hmm. you for an hour. That's true. Yeah, and I think the time. value of intentional living there, because somebody would say, well, there's lost people at the fancy for salon sure. as well, you know, but I think the value of however we live intentionally is the repetition of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it's I, I was ease, just getting excited. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, it's, it's the walking the same way to work every day. Yeah. It's yeah. that repetition that puts you in, into regular and it's birthed into a genuine relationship. Yeah, Not even right. a, I, I think one of the tips, practical tips, is uh, we often don't know how to evangelize because we don't feel like we know the steps and maybe because we don't really like know the gospel or mm-hmm. recite the gospel to ourselves. But I think uh, in doing that, we're building an actual relationship where mm-hmm. I'm able to say, you're not a project to me for real. Like we have a yeah. relationship and I, I just want to share this with you. It's been helpful for me to do that and um, to receive uh, what she can offer me. I mean, yeah, yeah. she had a baby before me, and so I was like, I don't know how to do this. And so it's been great to say, I so badly want you to believe and trust in the Lord, um, and you can teach me <laughs> how to prepare for what is about to happen right now with this kid. So it's just been really sweet um, with this kid, with my sweet son, <laughs> with this kid. But yeah, so all that to say is, uh, I think allowing myself to be taught something. Yeah. And not coming in like, and right, I'm going to drop these like four points of the gospel and then run away. Mm, yeah. you know? I think for me, what has a uh, strategy that has been helpful is something as simple as just like sitting on my steps, especially like, you know, during the days when it's warm yeah. out because yeah. I'm not really trying to spend too much time out the there in the wintertime. But uh, Eric's heat no, is like, on first <laughs> among the, the three of us. <laughs> in the spring, you know, summertime, just being present like on my steps. I've had plenty of people just like walk past and just being able to engage them, just talking, just by just being present. Yeah. And just like taking walks like through the neighborhood. Yeah. Instead of always like driving. You know, like sometimes like when I'm leaving uh, our elders meeting, I'll say, well, you'll ask me, you'll offer like, you want to ride? I'm like, no, just I'll walk. Just because I would just want to be seen kind of like walking through the neighborhood. It's good. Because I think, you know, you actually see people when you're out. All right, so we yeah. see people, and then we turn the corner. So yeah. turning the corner is somehow like getting into spiritual conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like? Yeah. yeah. Good question asking. Wisdom. <laughs> Cunning. Because I don't I know. Think, some people don't like questions. Yeah. I, so figuring out how to ask them. Being, being intentional, like, with your words, mm-hmm. um, with how you engage people. Because sometimes it's hard to get past, like, the surface level stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the more you actually engage, you talk with people, I think it makes it a little easier to actually go a little deeper. Yeah. It's kind of hard to do that when you just kind of like getting to know somebody for the first time. Mm -hmm. Even though sometimes, I mean, you you might, you just might do it, but that's kind of rare, I think. Yeah, and sometimes uh, being intentional with your words Mm -hmm. means even with the people that you regularly communicate with, to think through, how do I answer questions? Do I incorporate... Mm -hmm. Do I think of myself as a Christian in all of my life? Um, You know, if on a Monday morning you go to work and somebody says, how was your weekend? And you fail to talk about church, going to church 
as one of your highlights, yeah. then we just missed an opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's true. If you're talking to somebody that is a believer and they say, how was your weekend? You might say, man, it was great. My pastor preached this sermon on such and such, and it yeah. reminded me of such and such. You know. Yeah. But then you code switch when you talk to a non-Christian. Mm. Why? That's right? Yeah, yeah. And so are we Christians or not? You know, and so yeah, a friend of mine recently uh, challenged myself and some other pastors in the same way. Basically, he was saying, like, look, be a, be a Christian in all of your conversations yeah, and good. then let your yeah. light shine in that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of course, you, you don't want to be weird yeah. about it, um, but you can be a Christian and not be weird. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I do uh, CrossFit. Part of the... Uh, CrossFit culture is a icebreaker. So before every mm. workout, there's like a go round on before something. Before you suffer, yeah. let's yeah, yeah. like make you feel safe. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> a good way to put it. And uh, so I'm always trying to think through, and sometimes I do this better than others, but I'm trying to think through how come I be a Christian during the icebreaker? Mm. You know, it's so like, what are you looking forward to this weekend? And I might say, you know, I'm going to be preaching on Romans such and such and looking forward to preaching. You know, yeah. and it's, you know, this is a super secular crowd, so it's always interesting yeah. to see like, the responses. Huh. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um, but uh, one of the guys from our gym just recently was like, hey, uh, I want to check your church out sometime. Huh. And as far as I know, I don't even think he's a Christian. So, you know, sometimes you just got to put it out mm-hmm. there that yeah. uh, that you actually value Christ and That's his good. people. Yeah. And we can, we can talk about that in regular conversations. That's like a... a that's boldness, but it's like boldness on a small scale that's like manageable and do, doable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, what am I giving up? Nothing, but am I going to be the person that brings up a sermon or yeah. Yeah. Romans 9 in yeah. that situation? But it's like, ah, oh, you don't really lose anything, and it's still an opportunity right. to say, I am that guy. I mean, it calls you to live you do the rest of your CrossFit life with mm-hmm. some holiness. So, I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah. And I, I would temper this, too, by saying... By being a Christian doesn't mean you, that you're not a human. Yeah. That's right. You know, it, it doesn't mean that you never have any other things that you talk about. That's right. you know? yeah, yeah. And I think that's where you get weird is like yeah. clearly all you're trying to do is convert me and all you do is talk about church and all you yeah. do is talk about the Bible as if you don't like a certain restaurant or eat right. a certain mm-hmm. kind yeah. of food or as if you have no other. Right. Yeah. You know, so I think... It, and every answer is better than I deserve. Yeah. Right. Part of being a <laughs> Christian is showing that we are a human just like you yeah. are. You know, yeah. and we, we love things and we appreciate mm. things. Right. And yeah, and so, one of those things, the, the very peak of what I appreciate is my faith and yeah. Christ. And, and actually that one thing frames how I see everything. That's, That's right. helpful. Right. That's right. I started a garden this year. Mostly because I was going through grief and depression, and is it I because thought, our church is named the Garden. No, but you know, I mean, so you're going. To, I'm to sorry. I mean, you, no, you were saying, in like a tender a moment. Garden. I just cut you off. I mean, no, to make it's a fine. Stupid joke. You no, know, well, humor is helpful. Home humor is helpful. Anyway, because I love garden, so I started a garden because I wanted to learn um, the beauty of waiting for something to give fruit. All that stuff, you know, like Good. you start a garden from seed. And you're like, oh, the Bible is making a lot of sense. Right. Like the seeds were dead. I planted them and I have zinnias. I mean, it's mind blowing. You should start a garden. Everyone said. So in starting that garden, though, uh, my thesis and point is God really does give us opportunities to like weave him in and proclaim the gospel through everyday normal things, even things you just like. Start the garden. It requires me being outside. Way, way more than I've ever been outside. 
Um, when people are asking what is going on in that backyard because it looked weird for a while. If you've ever started a garden, it looks weird for a while. Um, I was able to say, oh, this is kind of a project. I'm wanting to take time to like really pray and I struggle with patience and having to wait for these seeds to f- like give fruit is helping me believe that God is like faithful. It was like a lead in to being like, I had a really hard year and I just want to see something pretty grow. You know, so anyway, all that to say is I didn't have to not, <laughs> there was nothing super special out of that. I was just outside because you can't plant a garden inside. <laughs> um, and Christmas has come and my plants are completely dead and several neighbors have like brought up the garden. They've been like, are you going to do something else? Or they've even gifted me things for the garden and I get to be um, grateful and say, oh, I don't really deserve this, which is all a caveat for, wow, look at what the Lord has done, yeah. you know? So um, I will say that is an entry, but that's not the gospel. So I right. do think I've been stretching my personal evangelism with like, oh, Steph, you've got all these caveats to the Lord's goodness, but you actually have to speak the gospel at some point and yeah. call for a response. And that's been where I've been stuck. So I don't know, yeah. as a listener is listening, you're like, oh, I'm always referencing God. And I'm always referencing church. Yeah. I've been convicted this year of saying, all right, you know how to make these these illustrations, but yeah. when are you going to like, like follow ask a question right. about sin and the heart you know, so that's where I've been at. I mean, it's been um, humbling because the pace is different. I don't think I'm like making a lot of headway yet, but I'm yeah. thinking about it more. What are some some good questions do you think that we could ask to like really get deep, to go beyond the surface? I think I think we look for an entry point in conversations. You know, we look for a, a bit of pain, you know, so, and this is where, we, in our intentionality, we do have to spend time with people, you know, and That's right. let me just say this. I want to get back to your question, but just in our context, I think of uh, Mike Roach mm. and his wife, Becca, who have the hustlers on their corner yeah. in for dinner on a regular basis. Every, every birthday, they have them over for a birthday dinner. Yeah. They know all the birthdays of the hustlers. They give them all a gift on their birthday. Mm. Like they've, they, they care for their kids. Yeah. Like they've, they've gone... If they're in jail, they reach out to them in jail. Yep. So, so there's a sense wow. in which they're That's really in their lives. This yeah. is not just like a one-off That's right. uh, sort of thing. Or Eric, you've got to know your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we've engaged. I'll be in your backyard, and you're engaging with your neighbor yeah. and handing them a, a hamburger. Yeah. Um, yeah, your cookout. Yeah. <laughs> I need a new grill too, man. Again, this is sort of a, our context kind of thing, but like when there's flashing red lights and yellow tape, I, if I can, I try to go there yeah. you know, because I'm a gawker. Right, right. Uh, although I probably have a little bit of, little bit of that. <laughs> you do in have me. that spirit. But anyway. Um, <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> the benefit of that, though, is I, I'm regularly engaging with our um, mm-hmm. community, yeah. usually people that I know. That's right. As soon as I get to those scenes, I'm looking for somebody that I know. Yeah. And I just go, <laughs> excuse me, right up to them and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and try to begin a conversation, you know, right in that spot. Yeah. That's right. Intentionally living in the neighborhood, being involved in our neighborhood association has been helpful for me. So I'm on the board for our uh, Marble Hill Association, which is the association of our broader Upton neighborhood to have regular engagements in the community, helping put up a neighborhood sign and different things. But I'm looking for the entry point in those conversations. And that typically has to do with pain. 
Yeah. You know, and it yeah. typically turn the turn is typically for me. It's something like, you know, how are you handling that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now I'm looking for uh, an entry point with the gospel and, yeah. and to talk about the reality of sin. Yeah. And and here's the thing though that I'll say on that is at some point, like it's never natural. Yeah. Right. You never naturally get to the point of calling somebody to repent and believe. Yeah. Right. At some point. <laughs> you have to kind of, in your mind, take a breath and say, here we go. Yeah, I'm going to sound crazy. Let's yeah. put it out there. <laughs> like yeah. a lunatic. <laughs> let's right. tell them the truth. Yeah. You know, and the more we believe that, yeah, and the more we do that, yeah. the more we do it, for us, it becomes natural in a sense because it's life. It's mm-hmm. It really is reality, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, let me tell you, something that you don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And you do it with joy Convinced, and anticipation yeah. and yeah. excitement. Yeah. We can't wait for them to ask, hey, tell me about how my sin has depraved me. Of and, course. Yeah. Like right. at some point we just say, mm-hmm. I'm going to share the gospel. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think that that point should be sooner than later. I, I think most Christians today yeah. uh, wait way too long yeah. to try to share the gospel. You know, and it's it's like you know you got like people responding, reacting to maybe pushy people in their past, and they don't want to be like that. Yeah, and so they just endlessly are building relationships with people, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know they're not not really at that point yet where I can share the gospel with them, and I haven't got to that, but I'm getting there. You know, I think, and I and I'm like, no, we actually mm. aren't even guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah, you know, yeah. sure. And uh, Spurgeon said, if people are going to go to hell, they they've got to jump over yeah. me to yeah. get there. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make it harder for them yeah. to go yeah. to hell. Like the house is burning now. Yes, live and breathe and do your normal routines with an urgency of, man, if I'm the only person that <laughs> this person sees today who knows the Lord. I mean, we pray, um, we try to pray every day here at the office right and some of the things that we pray is like we pray that they'd even be able to hear the gospel like that there would be someone there and and it's it's us for the people that we do know so i think praying for urgency while going through life uh that's actually the reality we can just kind of um pacify our minds to think that yeah it's not because like oh i saw that person yesterday yeah and i think too we we sometimes assume that like one-off gospel presentations is going to go nowhere you know mm. uh do you guys know who jamie owens is he's a pastor of a church called tremont temple in boston uh-uh. so he, he used to be a an assistant at uh capitol hill okay. dc anyway jamie led to christ mandy carpenter oh who's dustin, married to no. dustin carpenter right. yeah. one of our former interns That's now right. a pastor yep on an airplane it's random wow shared the gospel with her that. she got saved Wow. Yep. Hmm. Man. So here comes the next question in I my I want to know what that conversation was yeah. like, though. Like, he, uh, I, need to get I, him I've on, heard man. it. I can't tell you, but I do know that she was sharing painful things with him, you know, some pain point in her life, <clears throat> and he applied the gospel, shared the gospel with her, and she was converted. We need to interview him. He called her to respond, yeah. and she was like, how do yeah, I do that? I, I, right. I don't know if he knew, because I remember talking to Jamie about this. We should get him on here. I don't know if he knew that he led her to Christ. And that's just it. It's like, we don't always know. That's right. You know, it's it was like a, after the fact. Like, I was yeah. converted. Yeah. That's good. It's encouraging. Yeah.
never know the seeds that you plant. That's true. That's true. A little moment of reflection there. That is where Praise God for His grace. We're like, oh man. Okay, here's the thing. Let's go back to the beginning of Romans chapter one. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? It's the power. Power of God. Yes, exactly. See, this is we we think that we are the power of God. We think our relationship. You better bring us back around. We think our relationships. Our we think our relational ability is the power of God. Our lack of awkwardness. You're being real convicting right now. Our winsomeness. Yeah. Our swag. (laughs) Our coolness. Sorry. We think all of that is the power of God unto salvation, and it's not. It's the gospel. Gospel, It's the message that is clearly shared. And a person is called to turn from their sins and trust and believe. Yeah. It could be shared by a donkey. That's right. <laughs> Lord. And it comes with the power of God. That's good. Unto salvation. That's right. To all who believe. Man. That's the word, man. So share the God. That's the point is build relationships and share the gospel. Yeah. That's right. I'm just thinking about Romans 10. That's the answer. That's How true. will they believe if they... I yeah. don't know who, who to call We've out to. got to tell yeah. them the truth. Yeah. Now, when we tell them the truth, let's go to this next piece here, and we'll close with this, but we got to tell them the whole truth, mm-hmm. all right? If you just want to, you know, get people to agree to three or four bullet points yeah. and raise a hand and, and you know, this thing after yeah, you. you can get hundreds of so-called converts and, have, and end up with uh, nobody that's truly regenerate. That's true. Um, I, 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 to tell the whole truth, it, it takes work, mm-hmm. and it is uh, sometimes and often I have found it's to labor with the individual. That's right. You That's know? the hard part. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like really yeah. digging deep and like asking Man. questions to make sure that they understand, and then you realize they don't still get it. You yeah. try to you, you go a different angle and use a different yeah. in, uh, analogy and illustration. Mm. That's right. And so I, I will say one of the misconceptions is I've got to labor before I proclaim, but you actually can proclaim and then labor. Cause that's what people will say. Well, I've got to show that like, Mm, I want to walk with somebody. I got to, and that's like, well, you actually will, yeah, the initial proclamation claim and then labor. It it doesn't cheapen the labor if you say why. So that's helpful to, to hear and to remember we, we've got these steps. Yeah. Um, but Paul was very intentional about proclaiming wherever he went. I mean, every you read the stories in the um, in the Bible, and you're like, they were not waiting for like maybe there'll be a really good time to do right. this. Right. But there was an urgency of persecution, suffering, but ultimately hell. Yeah, separation sure. from yeah. God. Yeah. And I think um, it's a reminder for us to say we can proclaim boldly yeah. and right. actually show a life of what we said we believed. Right. You know. That's important. Yeah. Like yeah. you want to actually commend yeah. the, the, the message to people about how you live. You don't want to be like a stumbling block. Yeah. Help us, Lord. <laughs> with, with the early church stuff, as you, as you mentioned, um, there's, there is that often that inroad through a question, you know, what must I do to be saved yeah. would be the most, the clearest. But even outside of that, it would be like, you know, Ethiopian eunuch, I don't understand was, what I'm reading. Yeah. yeah. And then when they go, they tell the whole story. So I think of Stephen's Jeez. answer oh in uh, Act, uh, Act 7. Seven. He went through the whole... He goes through the whole the thing. Whole, yeah. Like from beginning to end. goes through the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, he The whole is, Old Testament. Yeah. Like the whole story. They're waiting like, we about yeah. to kill this dude, but first let me hear what you yeah. got to say. Yeah, I tried this over Christmas, by the way, with my daughter, Jaden. Uh, she asked me, we were talking about Roman series a little bit, and she was like, so... 
what do Jews today believe? And then I said, in Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. And then I just went from there. And I got to like the wilderness wanderings. And she said, what was the question I asked you? I was taking too long. (laughs) And my mom walked in. She's like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, going through biblical history. What do you think? (laughs) The redemptive history of, no, yeah, wow. But anyway, uh, we got the whole story that's, and so the whole story, you know, we summarize it often with what God, man, Christ response. Yeah. God created the world. He was holy. Um, He uh, created man. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. Man sinned. Mm -hmm. Therefore, like, uh, ruining everything and, and separating themselves from God. God sent Christ perfect, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for those who would ask him for forgiveness. Yeah. And uh, we have to respond to that. I mean, we will respond to that, but yeah. the response is either one of belief or one of disbelief, yeah. I guess. Repent and believe. That's an important part of it too, though. Because it's, it's not just, like, the gospel is not just something you hear, but you, it actually comes with commands. Mm. I think sometimes people can miss that. Like, you actually have to respond to this message. Yeah, if we say that salvation is here, yeah. that's good for somebody. Yeah. But if you don't show them where the door is right. yeah. and that's how right. to enter in. Exactly. And that is, how do we do it? Well, that's we right. turn from our sins and we trust in Jesus. That's right. Another uh, outline that I'll often sort of overlap with that one the creation is creation fall fall, Mm. redemption restoration god created all things we fall we fell christ brought redemption and there's going to be ultimate restoration Mm. it's it's about christ that's Mm. it testimony is cool but that's not your testimony can be an illustration Yeah. Yeah. yeah But the whole story is actually yeah. a good story. It really to tell. is. It's better than if my you story. just pick up on some of it, you're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. But right. when you hear the whole story, I can think that's it. Like the whole story is, like, what captivated our hearts that we're like, "There's right. no way yeah. that God would do this," mm-hmm. and there's no way that He, there's no way I can be saved if this is truly true of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, if you leave any parts of that story, you leave someone with hopelessness. Yeah. There's no hope in that. Yeah. So you, that's encouragement for me to even remember the whole story is a good story. That's right. Any other uh, holes in that in that story, and you're missing some vital. It's a happy story because it makes a man happy. It makes a man happy. That mm. is right. So, uh, Eric, you and I, and I think stuff you have as well. We've you you guys have you. Both used Christianity Explained. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've used for be yeah. 10 years or so. Oh, man. I've got a bunch of copies right there behind the, <laughs> the bookshelf. one over there, though. Good book company. A good book company. Shout Christianity Explained. Um, I almost feel like we're going into a commercial here, but it's a good, com- it's a good, <laughs> good If y'all want to sponsor us, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> we're already <laughs> telling people about um, you. So, you know, this is a tool. Here's what I was going to say is as we labor with folks for them to understand, I think sometimes it's better to do so in, uh, in parts. Yeah. Uh, to meet with them multiple times as opposed to just one time. That's right. And I've found it so helpful to have some kind of plan in mind as to what the next step is right. for the individual. Because that's, that's also, I think, our issue is that we don't know what the next step is. Yeah. You know, you're developing a friendship, a relationship with your neighbor, but you don't know what the next step is mm-hmm. to get them into that 
spiritual conversation. We got him in a spiritual conversation, but now we don't know what the next step is to really go into the depth mm. of what yes. the gospel is and the beauty of. And so I, I, I think if we can think through like a dinner time, uh, a yeah. small group that you might start in your sure. home. Like we just, my wife and I just finished a uh, three week uh, dinner group where we invited four or five folks into our home to walk through Christianity and the basics of the faith. Uh, and a tool like Christianity Explained, there's other tools similar, but it's the one that I'm most familiar with, is helpful in that it, uh, it, it just, it, it, it breaks it down. It gives you great illustrations. It gives you some homework. It gives you, it gives you something to, yeah. to, to bite into. You know, for yeah. me to say, hey, I've got this uh, little curriculum called Christianity Explained. Yeah. Would you be willing to meet with me for dinner three or four times or six times, it's how it's broken down Yeah, and walk through it. And I've been surprised at how many people are yeah. very interested yeah. in that. That's right. And a lot of the folks that we've baptized as a church, mm-hmm. really the Lord used something like that That's right. to really get them to, you know, that place of opening their eyes That's good. and bringing them to the yeah. moment of salvation. That's good. So you can actually use tools. Yeah, That's tools. Right. Uh, you... With your mother, Eric, used a tool. Yep, Christianity Explained. Was it Christianity Explained? Yep. Now you guys are going through catechisms. Yep, we do that. Love fell that. off a little bit, but yep, yeah, we've done that. Yeah, I got to read and- The Holiness of God with your mom. <laughs> and I was like, this is pretty a pretty dope situation. Yeah. Isn't it right, too, that, that there's no tool that's a silver bullet? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So I, I think, Eric, you and your kids, you've taken your kids through a various number of tools, Christianity Explained being one of them. And it was helpful, I'm sure it planted seeds, but you know, there was no regeneration. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. And then just randomly one night, yep. your daughter Ayana walks into your room. With a question? With a question. Mm. You share the gospel, it clicks, and she's seems to be regenerate. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Read so, John. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Faithfully. So all of this is planting seeds and then only the Lord. Yeah. That's right. Can regenerate a lost soul. Yeah. Can give the growth. Yep. We've got to just be on our knees in prayer and believe that the power of God is for salvation for salvation mm. in the gospel. That's right. And we give him the gospel and we just leave it in That's the Lord's good. hands after that. Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives. <laughs>